big, not biggest picture, but big picture. We are in the middle of a series in 1 Corinthians, and we decided to just put a, a hold on it because there were some things that we needed to deal with in terms of our, our calendar year and some things that God has put on the elders and um, staff and our leaders here at the church in terms of what our future is going to look like. And so we've um, interrupted that series so that we can spend some time talking about, interestingly enough, it's not about a building. Although that's a part of it. The It's Time campaign is about that in the end, we're going to come together, we're going to give financially, we're going to give in a number of different ways. Um, we're going to pray about this, we're going to think about this, we're going to see this as a natural extension of the ministries that happen here. Um, but as a leadership, we were really committed that we don't want to miss opportunities like this to realize just how naturally they should just fit into the life of us which is me and you, it's us. And so we've got these sermons, and we've been, this is the third one, and the first one was, it was, it was about a life of gratitude. And we need to have a life of gratitude, and there's nothing, don't, don't be nervous, I'm going to actually come down and preach this one a little closer. Well, some of you should be nervous, let's be honest, some of you should be nervous, but overall you don't need to be nervous. But this life of gratitude, it's a lot like parents looking at a child and saying, you need to say thank you. And everybody around goes, wow, like they are not doing a good job parenting. He's 17 years old and he doesn't know to say thank you. It's just hard. And so you got to make sure that you're saying it when they're really, really little so that when they grow up, they just very naturally have this thank you. They have this I'm grateful for. They just have a natural way in which that works. We talked last week about prayer, and I don't know about you, but I, I did hear from a number of people, hey, we were really struggling with your sermon in terms of how the text fit into this idea of a life of prayer. I get it. I was struggling too. I don't know if you could tell. By the way, I'm trying up there when I'm usually preaching. But it was fascinating because the, the text, there really isn't a text that says you need to have a life of prayer, and here's five tips. Now, I can write a book about that, but the Bible doesn't give me like five steps on how to develop a life of prayer. And so in the end, what I tried to do last week, I hope some of you got this. We just read 2 Corinthians 9, and it was almost like it was the overflow of a life of prayer. And so it wasn't you need to try to do this. It was, this is what happens. It's a little Bella Kate that gave her life to Jesus Christ today. That her life becomes as a natural byproduct of what Christ has done for her, it becomes this natural life of, I want to talk with him and I want to know him, and it becomes natural. It's hard to just have a sermon on the life of prayer. It, doesn't, it honestly doesn't work like that. It's a lot like riding a bike, flying an airplane. You just don't want to just try that. It's about, remember we talk about this, it's about training, not trying. And today we're talking about a life of ministry. And so you've already seen, right? Us show two things. Number one, a small little piece of all the ministries that take place here at Sunnybrook. A small little piece of all the ministries that take place here at Sunnybrook. And then there was something else that we wanted you to catch, and I hope that you did. You know what this represents, right? That all of our ministries that we do end up going somewhere. So there's not a picture of Jim there, thank the Lord. There's not even like a big SCC, Sunnybrook Christian Church. No. Like Sunnybrook Christian Church at the end, this, everything that we build, everything that we do just dissolves away 
And it all ends up, the Bible describes it, Revelation and a couple of other places, that the, the crowns, all of the good that we have done, all the ministry that we have done, we just put it at the feet of who? The Bible says this, at the feet of who? Jesus. This is for you. This is from you. This is for you. And that's what we're talking about. This life of ministry that is represented by all of these objects, all of this time, all of this energy. But I don't know about you, but I, I just couldn't help but think there's just no way we got it all on there, don't you think? Like, do you think there's any way we could get it all on there? Like, do you realize all that you do, Karen? Like, I don't think you do. I don't think you fully understand or appreciate just, have you ever had someone preach to you like this? No. Okay. It's yeah. a new thing. New for me too, by the way. <laughs> but here is Karen who has a ministry that I, I didn't see a Karen O'Brien sign up there. And you'd even feel awkward about that, wouldn't you? But there is a ministry that Karen does that will go, in, in many ways, largely unnoticed. Some of you, how many of you know Karen? Raise your hand. And you kind of know of her. Wow, look at that. Is that not amazing? So that is a ministry that just naturally happens that there is absolutely no way for us to get that. And so when I, I think about, you know, Randy, you had no idea this was going to happen today, did you, brother? But like there's even a ministry that happens after retirement, isn't there? Right? And so you, you can look back on your life, but then recognize like it's not done with you. God's not done with you. And so there's more that needs to happen, and the good news is God has given you like a family and a neighborhood and friends that your ministry can continue that'll never get it on a card. And you need to understand, like that's not a selling point. Um, there is a ministry that Jim can do when he preaches for the glory of God that others can share in, who would like to preach next Sunday, right? Others can share in that ministry, but... Then there's a ministry that there's just no way that we can get a hold on that. Right, Mark? So you go to a place and you work at Meridian. And you pour your heart out there. And sometimes it's hard to see that as a life of ministry. But if God gives you the, the, the ability to see, what you really actually end up seeing is, man, not just that we're the sons and the daughters of God, but in many ways, like we are the hands and feet of Jesus. And it's not just cups of cold water and you saw me and I was naked and you clothed me. There are so many other things. And what really freaks me out is I have no idea your name. Are you a follower of Jesus Christ? Tell me your name. Ryan. I'm Jim. There's a whole ministry that this, and I don't even know about it. Like, have you ever explained to me like your ministry and all that God is doing through you? Probably not, right? Have you ever thought about that? I mean, just take a look at this room. And first service was even more full than this. Like, that's not like a selling point. Sometimes you go to church and you get like a selling point. This isn't a selling point. I'm not trying to recruit you. What we're all trying to do is recognize like what God is doing and then how do you and I fit naturally in God's plan. That Sunnybrook, who we are and what we are about, really is about Jesus Christ and about everything that he is about. And you and I have an opportunity to not just at times do ministry, but to live our lives as an overflow of Jesus' ministry. And that's what Paul's describing. At my ordination, 
gentleman that spoke at it, I say this a lot, because I, I don't think I'd ever heard it before, but he said to me, you've heard me say this, okay? You stepped into ministry when you stepped out of the baptistry. Hey, Jim, I just want you to remember, you stepped into ministry when you stepped out of the baptistry. This isn't something new. I'm not in ministry. My name is Jim Johnson, and I'm a minister. I don't know if you notice. I love to describe myself as one of the ministers at Sunnybrook Christian Church. And I know some people go, yeah, 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 because, you know, there's lots of ministers here. No, you have no idea how many ministers are here. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to fight for an equality of all people because that's just nice and fair. I just can't see biblically how any of us can fail to recognize the incredible privilege that you and I have, not just to be his sons and his daughters, but his hands and feet. Not only is it impossible for me and Steve and Paul and Ron, you know, I'll list everybody, right? Not only is it impossible, right, Drew and Scott and Morgan and Sharon and Jill and you know, Janelle, and now I'm in really trouble, serious trouble. Everybody on staff and all of the elders, okay? Not only is it impossible for us to do ministry, it's just not even remotely true that we're the ones doing it. That's why we say you can't just sit and observe. It's not because, oh, look at all we got to do and we need your help. It's, that's not why Jesus reached down and saved you from your life of sin. It was not just so that you could just bide your time, go to church, and then go to heaven. It's that you might be used as ministers proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ and the new hope that you have in him. That's what a life of ministry is. And so... Pam, she was the one, Pam and Terry, they were the ones that organized and made sure everybody had a card and everybody had a gift and there was a matching, okay, that was Pam and Terry's responsibility. And Pam said to me, will you please let everybody know that we didn't get every ministry? What, what she's worried that some of you are up, I can't believe my ministry's not up there. That's what she's worried about. I'm not worried about that. Because if you just stop and think about it, like I had no idea about you, young lady. I had no idea, and, and by the way, many of you, I had no idea. Here's the good news. Are you ready for this? Here's, here's some more good news. Like, God knows. Like, in the end, are you ready for this? Like, God keeps a running tally. Now, that might freak you out. But I'm telling you, the Bible describes that. The Bible describes that he is, he is seeing and he is watching the ministry that you are doing that may no, maybe nobody else sees. And he is tallying it. And then one day he's going to what? The Bible says this. I believe this. He will reward you for the ministry that you've done. You understand that? That's what the Bible teaches. So it's what I need to teach. So recently, this really famous evangelist died. Do you remember his name? Billy Graham. And I heard a lot of people say, oh man, can you imagine what heaven is like now with Billy Graham? Are you kidding me? Are you serious? You think that somehow, in the presence of God and Jesus, the maker of heaven and earth, that Jesus is going, I'm so excited to meet him. Can't wait. Man, heaven is really going to be taking on a whole new spin now. You know, we haven't had anything this big happen in heaven since Mother Teresa came, and boy, things changed then. Started doing whole new levels of ministry. Now, actually, think about it. In, in God's presence... 
There, there will be, by the way, a service that needs to be done, but it'll be a different kind of ministry. It's not no longer to the broken, but to the redeemed. I promise you, Jesus isn't, oh great, Mother Teresa, I can't wait to talk to her. It's Mother Teresa going, wow. So this is the one? I mean, that's you and me when we get to heaven. Wow, look, it's Jesus. Anybody else just get goosebumps when they think about that? Oh my goodness, it is Jesus. That is the one moment where you can literally say, oh my God. <laughs> Seriously, don't even need to feel bad about it. That's not just you being irresponsible with the way that you speak. It's like true. Jesus, you're mine. I'm so grateful for you. And everything that I've done my entire life, I didn't just sit and watch Jim do it. I didn't just sit and watch Steve do it. I didn't just have Paul do it. I didn't just have Morgan and Zane and Beth handle it. I didn't have just Drew do it for our kids and Drew, the other Drew for our college students. Probably have five more Drews I haven't even met yet. Like, that's not what it's about. Like, God, this is what I did. This is how I ministered to my family. This is how I ministered in my community. This is how I ministered at work. This is how I ministered in my neighborhood. Like that is just such the way it's supposed to be that when it's not it, that's the church not being the church. And so what Paul does in our text today, it's a little bit like last week, it's kind of a response. Paul is writing to the church in Philippi. Turn to Philippians chapter 4. We're going to be beginning in verse 10. Paul is speaking naturally to a church in Philippi about his ministry. But knowing that the ministry that he is in is like an invitation for them to partake in. One of the most famous verses in the Bible is actually found in this text. Philippians chapter 4 verse 13. One of my favorite UFC fighters. And I know the complexity of that statement. John Bones Jones has this tattooed on his body. Philippians 4.13. I can beat up anybody with the power of Jesus, which gives me strength. Literally, that's what I think it means. I hope he understands. I don't know if that's the point of it. No. I know that's not the point of the text. But how many of you know Philippians 4.13? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Well, I'm about to reveal that to you in its context. It's about, it's about a church realizing its responsibility to Jesus to be involved in ministry outside of themselves for the glory of God, for the benefit of others, and for their joy. Verse 10. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity Literally, you had no opportunity to show it. Now, I know you're going, what do you mean they had no opportunity to show it? Listen, today it's easy that when our missionaries are around the world, we just literally have to say to, hey, Jill, can you make sure that they get that money? And Jill goes, okay. And she literally, like, just, they, they get the money. So my, my, my sons decided that I needed to get the cash app. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. It literally is, hey, Dad, can you text? Now we can text people money, Okay. Can you text me 20 bucks? Sure, son, I'll text you 20 bucks. And I just, a couple buttons, push it. He gets a little text. Hey, your dad just sent you 20 bucks. Thanks. Think about it. Think about in Paul's day. Paul has need. There's a church that has need. There are people that have need. How do you get it to them? 
How do you just say, hey, by the way, like here's 40 bushels of corn. Can you carry this to Macedonia? Think about the complexities of that. Hey, here's so many shekels of silver. Here's so many whatever of gold, and I need you to take this. You want me to walk with that much money? My wife freaks out if I carry more than $20 on me. You know, someone's going to know you have it, they're going to kill you and steal it. Okay? So you had no opportunity, but look, it continues on. But not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation to be content. So he was in need. He just said, that's really not the big, it's not a big deal when I'm in need. I hear people talk about how terrible it is to be in need. Paul goes, yeah, it's really not that big of a deal to me. Like, I know what it is to be in need. Look how he continues. I'm content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I know what it's like. I know what it's like to have too much. I know what it's like to not have enough. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I just can't do this ministry. I just can't do this alone. I'm not talking about writing a sermon. I'm not talking about singing a song. I'm talking about staying in a marriage where it's really difficult to see exactly how this ministry is working because you're the only one doing it. I'm the only one at work being faithful. I don't think I can do this. See, it's not about money. Paul knows it's not about money. I know what it's like to have nothing and I know what it's like to have a lot. I really don't need anything because I have learned the sufficiency of Jesus Christ in all circumstances. To just think about the power of that moment, that is why... Man, now, John Jones, if you really mean that the way it is, cool tattoo. But if you're using that as some kind of a, I can do anything if I just put my mind to it mentality, man, you just don't get it. Like This is a Bible verse for ministry. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So let's make sure we're very, very clear. The ministry of Sunnybrook, Sunnybrook Christian Church will happen with or without a new children's area. Are we good on that? Are we clear about that? Nothing's going to change. We're going to talk about Jesus. We're going to talk about him until he comes back. Not when the cows come home, but when Jesus Christ takes us home. That's what's going to happen. And we're going to keep doing it and doing it and doing it. Now, we genuinely believe that this is a part of the process, but I need you to understand this is not the goal. It is a means to an end, but the end is the cross. And for that reason, for that reason, we toil and labor and serve and sacrifice and we minister because we understand what the end is. And we refuse to be distracted by something temporary along the way. Because we can do everything that God has called us to do through his strength. Not through our riches, not even through our own abilities, but through his strength and his purposes. So some pastors get nervous when they go through moments like this, capital campaigns and things. And I'll tell you, I, I wondered how I would feel because I'd never been in one before. And I just remember thinking to myself, well, here's what I truly believe. Like, God will give us the gifts and the abilities and the talents and the resources to do everything that he has called us to do. Like, I know that. Like, I know that like, like I know anything about Jesus. I just know he would never go, here's what I want you to do, but I'm not going to give you the end of the ability or strength to do it. Like, I just don't doubt that at all. Therefore, ministry is happening. No question. No question. 
Well, there is a question. The question is whether or not I'm going to be a part of it. And so look how Paul describes to these Philippians about this incredible opportunity for them to give. Verse 14, yet it was kind of you to share in my trouble. That word share there is connected to the word koinonia, meaning fellowship. Okay? To, to, to be with. It, it's a whole lot more than just give. Okay? There's a simple Greek word to like give. It's not that word. This is like to share in. It was kind of you to share in my trouble. And you Philippians, you yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, that's a province in the northern area of Greece, no church entered into a partnership with me. That's kind of one of the same, to, to share in partnership, same root, root, root word, koinonia, with me in giving and receiving except only you. And even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. And then he says very clearly, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts that you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And then the final statement, to our God and Father, be glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul's literally saying, hey, here's what's happening. God's put it on my heart to be involved in this ministry down in Thessalonica. I'm so grateful that you're a part of this. Uh, You hear that statement? Not every church felt like doing it. I kind of can't wait to get to heaven and to meet people from other churches like in Berea and say, hey, you guys sent nothing. Wow. Do you mind if I ask you why? Well, we were just afraid. You know, we just, we we didn't know exactly how Paul was going to use it, so we decided not to give it. Wow, so you missed that opportunity? I mean, I, I have to stop and just think about that. Like, why? No other churches did this, but you guys did. Like, Paul seems to actually think, much like we talked about last time, that that this ministry, which is connected to our gifts and our abilities and our giving, is a privilege to be a part of, not a burden. It's a privilege to be a part of. So that we can look back and say, I guess maybe Bella Kate's child? Hey, this is what we did for you. But it's not just this. We, we, we so want to make her understand that this life of ministry is what it's really all about. That's why it can never be contained in a building. It can never be contained in a place. I love the fact that, uh, you see, notice at the very end of our, of our list of ministries, it started being like a lot of our mission stuff. I, I don't know if you noticed, but Mexico, I love this. Mexico was both of my sons, one of them, my son who was born in Canada, who lived in the States, And then the other one, the one who sat down, is our final son who is a Mexican who was born in the States, who now lives in the States, but my son that was born in Canada that lived in the States now lives in Mexico. Talk about NAFTA. Actually, it's not NAFTA, it's ministry. It's just what we do. And that's why there can never be a card for everything that we do. Because what we're connecting to here is more than a sermon and it's more than a moment. It is a life. It is a life and a lifestyle that just stops and reflects on the ongoing perpetual goodness of God to us through ministry.
And I just want, I want it to be just, I hope I've been clear. Like, I'm not asking you to observe it. I'm asking you to be a part of it. And, and, I, and I, I know that most of us are already a part of it. And, and so I guess what I just really want to say, I guess my sermon in a sentence would be something like this. Welcome to the ministry.